This podcast was produced by Sean Weston Media. From a dimly lit cupboard somewhere in England, two people chat about communications. Sometimes they chat about completely different things. Welcome to From the Comms Cupboard. Do you have to be a large organisation for internal comms to work? No. That's very final. End of podcast. Well, that's it. Though. Goodbye. Uh, listeners, see you next week. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. I think you probably have to be a larger organisation to have somebody whose job it is to do. But, do you mean a, a, a prerequisite? When you're large, you probably need it. Oh, you definitely need it. It's essential. But I suppose what what what's the stage when you have someone whose job is just that? It's their only job. Oh well, that's my question to you then. My 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 question is: How many people do you have to have in your organisation before someone says, "I think we need an internal comms professional"? Oh, is there a number? No, I don't think there's a number. Is it to do with how your business is structured? Mm, no, I think for me, it's like anything. I guess when you're a small company, if you've got three people, you probably have roles anyway, don't you? You probably still have assigned roles. So I, someone might be right. I'm going to look after the finances. I'll do. Um, the, pl- the planning i'll do this the strategy all that sort of stuff i'll do production i'll do operations you'll you'll give up all those roles and so as an organization grows you bring more people in and those roles will get assigned to people so my, i think my thing is more that going back to your original question do you have to be a large organization no i think it's more about your principles how you want to be as a company how you're going to treat people so i think your your big part is actually what are your principles on communication from an early, thinking about that quite early on as an organisation. Is that to do with the difference between a comms professional and a HR professional? No, not really. I think what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, when we set out, we want to be different. I think every company wants to be different and you want to say, we want to be really open with everybody. We're going to communicate regularly with people and we're going to speak to people. So I think the big difference when you're small to when you're large is really just how you go about it. So you've got your principles of communication you know we want to be an open and transparent company we want to be fair to everybody we want to tell people quickly we want them to have the information when you've got five people you probably just go and chat to them well, and exactly. tell them you'll just do that face to face when you've got three thousand people mm. then your tactics change but your principles should be the same i suppose out of curiosity my my, my uh, needing to i suppose put a figure on this mm. and i know it's not there's no answer to it but i, I wondered I was curious about, is that 10 people? Is that 20 people? Is that 30 people? When, when does the boss sit down and go, I think it's getting harder to communicate. I don't think that message got around to everybody. Yeah. Do you remember when we only had 10 people, Bob? And we could just sit in the same room and now we've got 30 people and I don't think everyone got that message. I think we need to hire someone. I suppose out of curiosity, I was just wondering what level of size that is. I would say the important thing to do when you're a small organisation is give people ways to communicate with each other. Ah, you mean sow the seeds for when you are big? Yeah. You should always have an intention of, I guess most companies, maybe they don't have an intention that they're going to grow or if that's part that's of their plan. Part if, of the hope, yeah. So actually think about, you know, is there platforms that we all work really well together? And I think maybe it's less less about internal comms and more about collaboration, isn't it? in the early stages maybe we wouldn't call it internal communications we maybe call it how do we work together how do we collaborate like the culture of the business yeah you might set up or or be very conscious of your culture and how do we maintain 
the company culture now is when there's only seven of us mm. to when there's 77 of us. Yeah. How do we maintain that? And that's a challenge, isn't it? That's yeah. a real challenge. I think you hear it, don't you, with these big super corporations, you know, like Amazon, where they call them the Amazonians. And what do the Google people get called? Googleites? Google, Googlers. I don't, I don't Googlers? know. Do we know? I don't know. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, but I think they have this idea, don't they? They've all grown so fast. You know, these guys weren't companies in the 90s, were mm. they? No. Early 90s, and they've grown at this unbelievable rate. Of course, their cultures change, but they're still probably set out in a certain way when they were small, how they wanted to be and how they wanted to treat people. So that's that's what it would be for me. And I think you probably do get to your magic number at some point. And it might be 100 where you say, we need someone to think about this as we scale up mm. because we, would, we don't want employee number 123 to feel like we don't. Actually, it's not the same experience as employee 56 had. Well, this is where we need to underline the importance of what a communications professional actually is. Because mm. I think some people, it, even very clever leaders who've started this company, may think it's all about just the way you impart communication or messages. When actually a comms professional is about much more than whether your message is heard by everyone. It's mm. about nurturing a platform of good intentions, of employee well-being. It's about being a strategist as a communicator, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, I would imagine most companies, as they take people on, they might just bring somebody in to maybe do some of that for them. Mm. You know, so do you mean or, like a freelancer or a consultant? Yeah, or, or even maybe someone who's more junior. You know, They just want them to write some things for them and build some intranet pages and do a lot of the tactical stuff for them. And that might be a mistake that they make early on that they're, they're more focused on the tactics of communication as opposed to the strategy of communications. Yeah. And there's, there's a catch-22, isn't there? They may not know that they need to do more because the person isn't there telling them yeah, exactly. that's how you do it. <laughs> exactly. And when you start a business, you're not necessarily good at everything, are you? No. You know, you, you start that, you go, oh, God, I have no idea how to do my books so you might get an accountant to do them for you and ooh, what, are the le what are the legalities for hiring people and getting rid of people and mm. oh god what do I need to do with pensions all of these things you probably learn along the way Yeah. Um, if you're lucky you're a great natural communicator like maybe some of the people have been at some of these tech companies where they're really good at that sort of thing but others won't be they might just be really good technical people yeah i don't think steve jobs was was ever loaded with the good communicator thing no. you, you can i think if anyone's read about steve jobs you can probably say he was the most transparent person transparently yeah. do you tell you how he felt though he told you exactly how he felt about you and whether you were doing a, a rubbish job or not but if he kept you there he valued you mm. and, and that's not necessarily the best boss to have no might but be more stressful. It may be much more stressful. But I, I think you're right about managers or leaders who think they could... I've started this business, so I pretty much know the rest of it. And this comes down to one of my bugbears about leaders who don't hire people better than themselves. Mm. You should always hire people better than yourselves. Yeah. Have that sense of humility where you think... I'm getting big. The company's getting big now. I need to hire someone who can handle the communications for me. I need everyone to be engaged. Mm. I need my employees to be engaged. I can't do it myself. And yeah. to have that humility and say, I'm going to hire someone better than me. Not hire someone that makes me look like a fool because I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. Or you hire them 
you're the you're the owner of the company and you hire these people and then you tell them what to do yeah that's a good what's one. the point or, in hiring them we, you... we've been doing this for the last two years yeah what's the point in that yeah I, w- I would turn around and say well you've been doing it wrong for two years uh, when do you want me to start <laughs> she's probably why you work on your own 